Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and babies, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that jockey, homie. Fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Yakuza Kick Radio. J. Cat Morris and this motherfucker back again for another episode. Um, yeah, man. A uh, lot of shit going on. A lot of shit going on, and, and and I always need my man Shaheen to remind me of this shit. He's recording this shit tonight. Big shout out to Shaheen, the usual. Um, you know, one of my main fucking homies with this this show. I mean, he's done tremendous things for me with recording it and everything else, uh, hooking me up with topics, all this stuff. And, um, you know, of course, shout out to Jeremy over there. I got you five stars uh, doing his thing. He's always hitting me with the recaps on my shit, so... You know, it really helps me out a bunch, so it makes it more, you know, viable for me to do this shit, because once I start, like, oh, I got to do this, then I got to do that, and if that list gets too long, it ain't worth it, I just, you know, so I appreciate all the help that, you know, those guys have been giving me, um, but yeah, uh, so overall, uh, a lot of shit going on, and like I said, I always need a reminder of some of the stuff that's going on, because I'll, I'll have this whole rant, like, going off about this and thinking about my feelings on this thing and then like all this other shit happens and the first thing just gets buried so i forget about a lot of this stuff um i went to ac um this past week that shit was a lot of fun we went to hard rock i never stayed at hard rock before 
and uh, we've been staying at Ocean for the most part. That's always been like our joint because uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. And I still very much stand by the ocean. Um, no disrespect to Hard Rock or anything like that. Because I think now, like, this is going to be where we're going to go on a run at the Hard Rock. We're going to be there for, you know, the next probably 10 times we stay in AC, we'll probably be at the Hard Rock. Because we've done at least 10 in, in the ocean. You know, so, you know, it's nice to have a change of pace. I'll tell you comparatively as far as the rooms go, um, the bathrooms in the ocean are better. You know, they're, they're dope. They got, it looks like crazy luxurious. They got like pocket doors that slide out. Um, they got, um, glass doors that separate the toilet from like the mirror vanity part of the bathroom and then the glass door and the shower. So it's all real fucking separated like that. And it's dope. Um, the rooms, you know, pretty much the same, the ocean on the, the TV side of things, their TV's a little smaller and it's down on the counter or the dresser. And then on, um, hard rock, they got like a 50 something inch TV and it's hung on the wall. Looks real nice that way. And they got a little couch in the, uh, hard rock with a little nice little marble table type deal where, um, the ocean has like a chair on the other side. So maybe a little bit more space in the room for hard rock, a little bigger TV, um, not quite as good bathrooms. Cleanliness is equal on both sides of things. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, we go down there, play a little roulette and all that. And, um, yeah, it was a good time. So, uh, that was for Nina's 40th birthday. So we enjoy that. We always say we want to go back more often and then it's like another year before we go, but we plan on trying a couple nights where we're just going to be just, just go for a few hours, you know, and don't stay overnight, you know, not really plan on doing anything, you know, big there, but just go play a couple games, come back. You know, we need to do a little bit more of that. It's tough because one day off a week, you know, everything needs to be like an event. So we could do like a half of an event, you know what I mean? And I think it'd be better. Um, or at least more, you know, more regular. All right. Uh, Captain Dave, let's get into these topics. Captain Dave, man, this one, this one's sad to me because I always like Captain Dave. You know, Captain Dave is a character in what he presents and what he brings to the table, you know, as far as, uh, and, and I'm going to be, you know, real fucking honest here. This, this, and I'm not using, I'm not using hyperbole or kissing ass or, or trying to spin things in a way where, you know, we're, we're going to be fucking blatant as always on this motherfucking show. Captain Dave, he's just, you know, he's another character when you go to the show, like he's got a whole thing going. You know what I mean? And to me, you know, to see someone that interested in the show that you're on, he's, he's in another world. You're thinking about what matches I'm looking forward to and shit. He's like the experience to him just fucking captivates him. You know, like he thinks he's part of the fucking production crew and all of this. And I'm fine with letting him think that, you know what I mean? Because like this dude did a, a Facebook, uh, Facebook videos and he'd call it a podcast for the past eight. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to let him fucking believe that every single day because the dude is, is harmless. He's, he's having a great fucking time with himself. You know, he, I mean, he's obviously he's mentally challenged, but like, 
he, he's having a great fucking time. He's a sweet guy. This fucking guy, he's the first motherfucker to wish you happy birthday on your fucking birthday. And I'm, and I'm going to be honest, straight up, like, I will fucking miss that next March. If you're up, you know, going from 11.59 to, to midnight, that motherfucker, 12.01, boom, happy birthday. He, he's on your shit, man. Like, that dude, you know, he, he's genuine. He's a sweet, sweet dude, and um, he, he loves the fucking wrestling business. Now, me, I don't love the fucking wrestling business, and I'm not that much of a fucking sweetheart with people. So to me, it was only a matter of time before the two of us didn't fucking see eye to eye. You know, it just, I think it was inevitable. And not only that, but I regularly bury the business that he adores, you know? And I'll tell you why I bury every fucking part that I'm burying. But if you can't understand that, then, you know, I mean, it's just going to sound harsh. It's going to sound, um, you know, unnecessary and mean. But I have reasons why I go at the people I go at. And everybody should know that because I put it in pretty clear English. Um, so I was doing those uh, inspirational quotes. I was doing those every morning. And it was just like a thing I got I, I got used to doing. I was like just just putting these things down, and I was having a ball with it. When I, when I first thought of it, I, I cracked up to myself before I even fucking made one. I was like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna put this positivity quote with that stupid ass Gage face, and uh, you know, or, or Frankie Picard stupid ass, or this one or that one, or DJ faces, obviously, you know." And it was just like shit like that, and it was just like. You know, obviously he was making fun of the person to a certain extent, but it's still pretty fucking lighthearted. Comes when it comes right on down to it, if you compare it to shit that I say on this show and shit that I I fucking fully type out on Facebook. You know, what I mean, like I, I I could put like one of those positivity memes with Danny Demano, and it wouldn't be as mean as like you know today when I typed up that that he looks like absolute shit. I just learned that he's thirty eight. I didn't know that I was five years fucking older than that dude that looks that shitty. I think that's great, you know. But again, and I, and I'm not saying oh that that was fucking awesome that I said that. I don't give a fuck one way or another. It's just I thought about it. I said it. Whatever. But that statement in itself is a lot more offensive than any of those inspirational memes were. So it was only meant to be lighthearted to begin with. So, and I'm not like sending it to the people that I'm making of, like fucking harassing them with the shit. Like, look, you know, and maybe some of them even, even would think it's funny. I don't give a fuck because the people I'm doing it with, I didn't care, you know. Um, but Captain Dave started sharing them. And I thought that was really funny because I never asked them to share it. I, I post a lot of shit. And I never asked him to share that. He's never really shared a whole lot of my stuff at all. Um, and I thought it was really funny. And I had a couple, you know, like little conversations with people, you know, privately and just went like, yeah, I don't know if he knows that this is a joke or if he has no idea. And he really thinks it's like, you know, it, it's Nick Gage with that fucking snapped off tooth saying like, be everything you can be. You know, like that. I, I don't know if he thinks that that that's a legitimate positive message and the best picture to send that message, or you know, 
he he maybe he's in on the joke. So I was like, one way or another, I don't know, whatever. He's just sharing it. And not only was he sharing it, he was stealing the pictures, which look again, like I don't I don't have any issues with it at all. But this is how it went down. This isn't like, yo, like he shared my shit. Cause now that I'm thinking about it, it's even worse because my shit is private. So he had to have copied those pictures. Cop like he had to save the picture off my Facebook and then post it. And then he would post um inspirational quote of the day and almost every time he'd misspell quote so i'd fucking read it and i just go man like this shit is crazy and and i'd laugh real quick and you know go back to real life shit and um he just like and i could tell like people who i don't fuck with was seeing it and i thought that was funny too and um because i'd see like three comments like it would say three comments but I can only see one of them, <laughs> you know, so I could tell there's a lot of dialogue with motherfuckers that I blocked or they blocked me or whatever the fuck. And Hamhead is definitely one of them because um, he's just he's just never ending. He'll be a coward to the end of his fucking life. He'll never stop telling people to tell me to fuck myself when he didn't have the balls to say that shit to my face when I was going to rip his head off. You know what I mean, and that that'll always be a fact. So there's nothing ever more to say as far as that guy. That that's just that's just what that guy is in a nutshell. Hamhead is is a guy that completely backed down like a bitch when I was in his fucking face. And then he went tough guy shit. I'm talking about Chris Grasso, in case anybody doesn't know who Hamhead is. If you're new to the show, Chris Grasso, the photographer, has a head like a fucking ham, like an Easter fucking ham. And um, to feed like a large family, not my family, I don't have a lot of family members, you know, it's just the people in the house, half of them don't eat meat, you know, like that would be like a small thing. But I'm talking like Easter ham, you got like the cousins in from fucking Michigan and shit, like that type of ham on his fucking shoulders all day fucking long. Um, But yeah, like he talked all sorts of wild, reckless shit, and then I confronted him in person, and um, he, he couldn't have backed down any fucking heavier than he did. And then as soon as he got back on the internet, he started telling people because people would send me screenshots of this shit. And it'd be like, tell J-Cat to fuck himself. You can't just let him fucking say whatever he wants to say. It's like, oh, that's funny because you didn't tell Jay to fuck himself when you saw him at all. That shit was all online with that tough shit. And now you're encouraging other people to come do something you ain't willing to do. So I already know like he's, he's in on that shit because I saw like, where Dave talked back to him the one time and normally his name would be like highlighted, but it wasn't because the blocking thing. And again, it's like, dude, my whole fucking post to begin with was like a lighthearted thing for the fucking people I'm actually friends with, not for the fucking community that, that wants to blow half of these fucking guys, you know, that, that are just like so fucking like enamored with these fucking shitheads that, that I'm making fun of, like Frankie fucking Picard. Um, so I know I went a long way around there, but um, but fuck, fuck Hamhead or whoever else needed to get in Dave's head because apparently somebody got in Dave's head and said, he's using you to make fun of people. And Frankie Picard is your friend and he's making fun of your friend. So that's, that's like, so that was the end of that. So that's why Dave blocked me. Cause I didn't even know. I was like, yo, what the fuck? Dave blocked me. And, uh, yeah. 
It's always nice to Dave. Like I said, I always enjoyed the Captain's Corner podcast. And uh, yeah, man, like um, this dude did one of the funniest fucking things I ever saw. And this is another reason why, like, it's funny that, like, I am unacceptable in Captain Dave's world, which, again, understandably, you know, if, if Frankie Picard is is a super good dude in his his household or in his mind, well, then I'm a terrible person because I've said nothing but terrible things about a guy who would eight fucking kids is morbidly obese, dresses like a fucking Power Ranger wrestles the fucking shindies with a smoking gimmick and just continues to gain fucking weight and have more and more kids with different women. Like, yeah, no, I don't have a lot of good things to say about that guy. And if that type of thing hurts your feelings, then we're probably not going to be friends. And again, uh, and I'm sorry that that happened because I like Captain Dave. You know, he provided me with some entertainment or whatever. But like when it comes down to it, like I got real life shit. You know, I got I got real actual real life shit. Like I don't give a fuck if somebody's computer friends with me or not. You know, there's there's a handful of people that we actually even fucking talk like private message. I mean, there's probably ten or less people that hit me up private message and we actually have conversations. So outside of that, I don't give a motherfuck if I'm computer friends with you or not. That shit don't mean a goddamn thing to me. You know what I'm worried about? I'm worried about the kitten that we got a couple of days ago with two ruptured eyeballs that I'm trying to see if we could salvage his fucking eyeballs and get him better and get him through his upper respiratory and clear his ear mites and try to get all of that going. You know, I'm worried about that type of thing. I'm worried about the cage space in a shelter as we continue to fill up and the adoptions are really, really slow. I'm worried about... Um, you know, every, every little facet of these animals that I continuously care for. I'm worried about my three kids. I'm worried about my household. I'm worried about, you know, my chickens, my cats, my day. I don't give a motherfuck if someone doesn't like what I type on the goddamn Facebook. If one fucking word that I type offends an entire movement, go fuck your entire movement. I don't give a shit about any of that. Because that has no fucking bearing on my regular everyday life. It just doesn't. So all that shit can fuck itself. Let's go right into, you know, for, right from, from this to that. So again, uh, rest in peace on my Facebook, Captain Dave. Hope you live a long, very successful life running the podcast. You know, wish you didn't have to get rid of me. But I ain't sorry about shit with Frankie Picard because he's a worthless cocksucker. Fuck that fat, deadbeat motherfucker. I, I don't give a fuck, man. That, that, that's just real talk that that's how I, I keep it you know i'm not gonna be oh brother brother none of you motherfuckers are my brother me and my brother don't even talk that much you know what i mean so when it comes down to it I, i'm not really i'm not really on the same page with you with that shit that whole that whole oh we're family you're not family why'd you pay the guy on the way in do you do that at your family's house stop it cut it the fuck out already i'm not talking about captain dave keep living the dream bro like i'm not I'm not talking about you, man. Yeah, everybody's your family. They're all your brothers. We all love you, man. Even though you don't like me, I still like you, Dave. You know what I mean? Hopefully someone will send me a couple Captain's Corners. But one of the funniest things ever, I, I lost my train of thought on that. One of the funniest things ever he did, he did like a 20-minute fucking eulogy for Screech. Uh, <laughs> that shit, I had that shit saved as a video in my phone. Like... I, I, I could not fucking watch that 12 times. Like, heartfelt, like, we just lost, like, 
you know, an icon, like a fucking icon in, in life. Like somebody, you don't even know how like the world is going to continue without that person. And like he, Screech has been a shithead his entire fucking life. Other than like daring Save by the bell, which he was probably a shithead then too, but nobody had good shit to say about him. Like nobody he worked with. This dude stabbed somebody. Spent some, some fucking time behind bars. All this shit. I said some shit about Frankie Picard, and it's like, oh, I ain't fucking with that guy. But Screech, hold on a minute while I throw this eulogy at you. But man, if you can get that eulogy, get it. Um, go back into Captain Dave timeline and see if you can find it. He posts a lot, so I wish you luck. But um, yeah, I got it on my phone. Um. So yeah, on to the next uh, wrestling meme group. So this this is uh this is the words that I use to just remind myself of this this situation. So I had joined some group because they were posting some pretty funny memes, and I think someone shared it or something. It was like unsuccessful on something on something wrestling memes. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what the other words were. Because, um, again, this is Facebook computer shit that I don't give a fuck about in real life. This is just like, oh, that's funny. Share. Ha ha. That's funny. Yeah. You think it's funny, too? Me, too. All right. Then the fuck I got shit to do. Um, but. On there, somebody was posting some kind of meme about CM Punk, because I guess CM Punk's supposed to come into AEW. So there was some kind of meme about him on there or whatever. And someone just real angry just showed up in the comments and they're like, fuck. CM Punk, that fucking homophobe. And I'm like, God damn, like what what did he do to make you feel that he's he's such a homophobe? So someone else posted a link that it was, I think, 2013 or 2016. He he called somebody a homo. And I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that when he yelled it at the fan or something. He's a heel wrestler and he yelled homo at a fan um, like six years ago or fucking. Right. Like, I think it was 2014 or I think something like that. But whatever year ago, we're talking five, six years ago, he yelled homo at a fan. So now he must hate gay people that that's the conclusion that you feel you're entitled to fucking come up with. Like you get to just deem this guy. He hates gay people, that guy, because he said homo when I heard it. Oh, fuck yourself. Are you kidding me? You can't fucking decide that someone hates a certain fucking type of person because you heard them say a word. That Like, there's, like, far more racist shit that, like, they really lean into it and they give you, like, their thoughts and feelings on something. And you want to base it on that. That's fine. But to be like, yo, he said fag, so he's a homophobe. Are you fucking kidding? Like, this, this is what it turned into. So... So he posted that shit, and I just went, oh, um, more millennial bullshit. Shake my head. They fucking removed me from the group. All I was doing was asking, what what makes him a homophobe? And, uh, you know, they posted that, and I said, oh, oh, yeah, more millennial bullshit. Fucking shake my head. Yeah, and, and I was like, fuck him. He must be a homophobe, too. <laughs> so now I guess by proxy, I hate gay people, too. Well, I've said all the words like far more than CM Punk, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I must definitely be a homophobe. I'm sure that whole group thinks I am. But the thing is, is like, again, you can't fucking decide that. I'll tell you straight. Like, um, I had a good friend of mine, Chris. 
he moved in with me and I was like 17. He moved in with me, you know, my parents too, obviously. And, um, he stayed in my room on my floor. Like he just crashed on the floor on like blankets or pillow, you know, pillows and blankets. And, you know, he would just sleep down there. And, uh, we were working a great adventure for a bit. So he would drive me to work and shit like that. Um, he turned out to be gay. So he, he turned out to be gay. Right. But when he came out, everybody was like, yo, you didn't, you didn't know. And I was like, no, I didn't fucking know. Cause he was just my dude. I, you know, I was friends with his whole family and shit, Chris Collins. And like, we were just cool. It didn't, there was no, and see that to me, that's like where you're not, you're clearly not biased towards this type of person. Not only was he gay, he was black, too. So if you want to add that. So clearly, like, you know, there's a whole lot of people I don't hate by this guy, you know, being my friend. <laughs> because of one person. I think that's how it works, right? But no, um, I'm just saying, like, I didn't even see any of that shit. You know, where, like, a lot of people were like, oh, I, I could tell. And it's like, oh, I that was just my dude. I don't, I don't fucking know, man. We hung out. None of that type of shit came up. Like, he didn't. He knew I wasn't on that shit. I wasn't, I, that wasn't my lifestyle. So he wasn't going to come at me with that. You know what I mean? He was doing his thing. He was doing whatever, but it, it never crossed paths with me. So like we talked about other shit, talked about music. We talked about what the fuck happened at work. It wasn't, it wasn't any of that shit. Talked about we, whatever fuck, you know, wouldn't, that shit just didn't come up. So it's like, you know, I, I don't I don't see that that level of hatred and shit. I, I don't I don't see that. You know, there's not a word that I could say that that's gonna make me hate black people. It just doesn't matter. Like whether you like the word, you don't like the fucking word, you you know, you use it in this way or you use it in that way, whatever. Hate is completely different from just using a word. It it that's not the same thing. You actually have to fucking hate that. You can't just be deemed, oh, you you didn't know you hate gay people. I don't think I hate gay people. No, no, dude. I decided. I heard you said the thing in 2013. So, no, you hate gay people and we fucking don't like you. And I got a bunch of gay people together and I told them that you fucking hate their guts. So now they're pretty pissed off at you. Like, for the thing. And I'm like, but I don't really even. What fuck? This is what this society is now. This is like, you don't even have to be like, you'd be like, oh, I, I don't agree. Uh, CM Punk's not homophobe. <laughs> Get rid of this fucking guy immediately. Like, what the fuck? I'm just not down with this fucking society, man. Like, I, I have three beautiful daughters that I raised not to hate anybody. And, like, you know, based on sexuality or race or anything like that, you know. So that, to me, like, I think that's what I was supposed to do. I think that's who I'm supposed to be. This thing where, like, somebody else determines whether you're racist or not. It used to be like, oh, that guy over there, he fucking hates black people. And you go up to him and... And you'd ask me, you'd be like, yep, <laughs> you're motherfucking right. Why, you see one? That was the type of shit you would deal with, with a racist. They were like, yeah, absolutely. I don't like them at all. And they'd tell you reasons and all that shit. Now, it's not even that anymore. Now you're deemed that by somebody else. And you can suck my dick, you know what I mean? Because you don't even get to tell me a motherfucking thing about me. I'll tell you the fuck about me. 
And I'll tell you that on a lot of levels, all you little cocksuckers that are looking for something to fucking bitch about, you know, whether it be, you know, the, these little wrestling groups that you want to, oh, like, oh, well, CM Punk's a homophobe. And, the, you know, oh, someone made fun of, I mean, it, it's all bullshit. It's all total bullshit. Get a motherfucking life. Get a real fucking shit to do. You know what I mean? Have problems. Work fucking shifts. Get good at something. Actually, how about this? Do something impressive in your fucking life or shut the fuck up. You shouldn't be chipping in with so much. You shouldn't be deeming anybody anything because you ain't accomplishing a goddamn thing in your life. The majority of these do-nothing motherfuckers are the ones that are, that are coming up with all these little things that they can apply to you. Because they can't perform, uh, you know, a task to the level that I can, I know. But, you know, they could judge me. They could, they could put labels and, and decide that you're actually racist. So maybe you should call a couple of your friends that that applies to and let them know that I have deemed you racist. And like, yo, Lee, yo, I can't talk to you anymore, bro. Why, man? Well, this dude on the internet said I'm racist, so... I don't think we're going to get along, man. But we used to hang out every day. I know. I was I was pretty disappointed, too, because I was like, what am I going to do now? I mean, I, I can't hang out with him. That's how stupid that shit sounds to me. Um, fuck yourself. If that's the type of motherfuckers you're on. Um, yeah, that's the type of shit that you're doing is you're. You're passing this type of judgment and, and putting these people into these these alleys that they never did shit to earn. Nobody ever, you know, did any of the hateful things that you're you're pretty much putting them in those positions, and they didn't earn that. Um, deal with actual racists and actual homophobes. There's enough of those. You're just gonna have to look a little harder, which might take work. And I know that shit's rough on a lot of y'all out there. Um, Nick Cage in AEW pulling the highest rated view in a long time. Yeah, that's what Shaheen said. They got a great viewing or whatever. Um, so, you know, I watched the match and um, I, I'm not surprised by any of this shit. And to me, it's all just like, eh, just another thing. To me, it wasn't, you know, anything special. Um, as far as a Nick Gage match goes. Now I know there's certain things that like, oh, well, they, they haven't used tubes on the thing before. and it, Okay. So I guess that's kind of monumental. And to me, like, Gage being on TV and seeing him come out, you, to me, I got a little bit of a feeling of like, yo, man, that shit should feel good. But it doesn't because I know the type of trouble he's in. So that's how I see it. That's how it comes off to me just because, you know, I know the reality of it. This dude's in, in trouble, man. He's he's not in good shape. You know, I was hoping, and who knows? I don't, I don't know what goes on in this dude's life. I was hoping that he would get close to some people with some bigger wallets, and they'd be like, yeah, let me put you in a program, bro. And on the other side of that, he would have so much, so many opportunities, He's done enough in his career that he should have earned opportunities, but he's also in a bad way with that fucking drug shit. And and if he wasn't, I'd be the biggest fucking I, the, the biggest supporter of Gage. But I, I have a hard time getting behind something that I know is gonna kill a guy that I used to fucking support so heavily. And that's just how I feel about it. 
Um, the gauge matches these days, even on GCW. I, I think a lot of it's just going through the motions. And, you know, make no mistake about it, some of those motions are bundles of light tubes to the head and shit like that. So I'm not taking anything away from the punishment that needs to go on for it to be, you know, a gauge type match these days or anything. But it's just not, you know, the, the shit that he used to do was a lot more intense, violent. You, you believed the vicious nature a lot more. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's just not for me anymore. And I think the reality of Gage's situation takes a lot away from the matches because I just half the time feel bad. Like, like it's just not like shouldn't be letting this shit happen. So I, I can't just watch the dude for my entertainment anymore on that level. But, um, yeah, it, it's tough. Cause you want to just say the words like it was great to see him on TV, but there's just too much more to that shit that, you know, a bigger paycheck and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I just really hope he gets right. You know, I, I can make fun of that dude for fucking ever just because the shit he presents is goofy as fuck. All that two six and two six is a crackhead and he taught you how to work out. Now I see it. Now it makes sense because he looks like a crackhead taught him how to work out now. But when he came out the first time, he looked like someone who wasn't a crackhead taught him how to work out. But I don't But um, but on the on the real, like I always was was a huge huge gauge fan so you know i i can't not want that dude to do right in life i want him to rebound off of this shit but not like hey just continue to slam these fucking opiates and hopefully everything works out for you so i'm rooting for it i can't root for him to succeed while you know doing the shit that had him robbing a bank in broad daylight and just be like this is okay maybe he'll be on the show maybe he'll be asleep in the locker room Maybe he'll be, uh, you know, nodding the fuck out halfway through the match, which, you know, that type of shit hasn't really happened yet. But when you get to the point where, you know, like he missed that match against Cologne, don't, you know, don't just blame that on Sadika like this dude wasn't on some shit. It's just, um, it's just an accident waiting to happen. And it's unfortunate because, you know, I, I saw the early goings of everything with Gage and, I always compared him. He was the Stone Cold Steve Austin of the Indies to me. Because he would just, as soon as you heard that fucking music hit, he was coming out and just ripping somebody's face off. He never, that's the thing too about like the current gauge that I hate so much. You, you can't tell that he hates the other guy that much. There's some of them, yeah. Like the, the uh, Zack Ryder thing because they had like a build to it or whatever ricky shane page because they had a build to it but like every other person he wrestles he's putting them over after the match he's he's talking to them online like uh oh, we're gonna go you know it's just it's just not the same um gage loved trent absolutely loved trent i would see him outside in the back chilling with trent this didn't bump me whatsoever because when he hit that curtain you would never think he liked Trent at fucking all. He looked at that dude like he wanted to murder his ass. Like, every fucking time. And, and it just has to be a fucking light swift, switch flipped. And when you hit that fucking curtain, there's no smiling. There's no, I'm having a good time out here. You should be in some kind of fucking fight. That's, that's what draws me in. 
that atmosphere, that thought that like, no, we're out here to fucking kill each other. And that's it. And, you know, if you could blur that line where your rumor starts getting around the crowd, like, dude, I heard these guys got heat. And that's how you're working that match. People are buying into it. And now, like, you could fucking, you could, I mean, really fucking build a storyline off that. You could really get some shit going off of that because the fans are buying in. How many guys are going through fucking a million light tubes and thumbtacks and panes of glass and fire and pigeon spikes and scissor boards and razors with not a fucking story, not a build. And these guys have professed their love for each other time and time again before, during and after the match. This is just some fetish shit at this point. But if you can sell that this fucking guy does not like that guy. And I don't care what your fucking angle is. I don't care how you got to like put that persona forward as a wrestler. You could just get the fucking rumor going that this guy doesn't like when new guys come into the locker room. And some guys are like that. But but if you put that out there and this is like the mainstay guy. And then you just keep throwing new guys at them and having it work like real fucking tight. You know what I mean? People are really knocking the shit out of each other. And you're, you're really thinking like, man, he's fucking, he really takes it to these motherfuckers when they come in his company. Like, you're, you're going to start to fucking, oh shit, you're going in there and you're fighting him. Like, people are going to buy in. It, it's gotten too fucking friendly. And, and that's that even the toughest, baddest fucking gatekeeper motherfuckers like Gage are fucking pep rally in it. So when it, it's it gets to that point, it's all gone now for me. You know, that's just that was like some of the last holdouts of. Of let's not do all that extra, you know, happy shit. Um, Zack Ryder winning GCW title. This is great. I had no plans on watching this. I didn't care about it. I did. Me and Shaheen had gone back and forth and talked a bunch about this leading up to it. And I did think that Zack Ryder was going to do a lot. I, I thought that uh, he was definitely going to go in and do, you know, a lot of shit. Because Zack Ryder, to me, he did all the fuck he could do on the, the fame side of things. He's got to have a shitload of money. Because he's been in the WWE for over a decade. Even I think if you made the, the lowest salary in the WWE and worked there for 10 fucking years plus, I, I'm pretty sure you'd, you'd have a good amount of money. Um, I don't think there's too many low on the scale there. If you're like an on, on-air talent, like you're, you got to be making some decent money. So the way I would see like a GCW to me would always just be like, this is a passion project. This is like, he saw the Vice documentary. Maybe he's seen death matches and stuff. Because these guys are like figure collectors. And they're from New York. So they probably heard of the, you know. I mean, even back then, they were around for like Jersey All-Pro to be a thing. And CZW was right, you know, not that far away. So, I mean, this could have been some shit. Like, yeah, I would never want to take my career in that direction. But if you fulfilled 10 years plus of a career in the WWE and you're like, all right, well, what else could I do? I mean, I got the money and it's not even about that anymore. So what, what could I do in wrestling that I haven't done before? You know, and then that shit's becoming like real buzzy. You know, it, it, there's a big buzz around deathmatch wrestling right now because of the Vice documentary and because 
for whatever reason, like a lot of these guys have embraced it, you know, like the, and I think Moxley has a lot to do with it. Um, I think Moxley being successful going from WWE to AEW and, and really doing like the vignettes on the death match and the this and that, and like Gage being brought up and then Gage has a vice thing. And, you know, it's been mingled a lot. And then you had um, Lucha Underground doing the shit uh, with the glass and all that. Um, TNA has been doing some glass and th- tax and barbed wire a little bit more. So it's become like kind of a a little bit friendlier to throw that type of shit around. And it didn't need to be really in WWE for it to be done. Where before, like, if you were going to be on TV, you were going to be on that, and he wasn't going to do that. So, what did that really leave you with, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's become just overall friendlier, and uh, I think that's probably got a couple of people curious. Like, how, how would that go? You know, if they're not scared to get cut up at least a few times and just go, well, fuck it, man. That pop sounds crazy when you go through some shit. Okay, well, you know, let me try that. And... He went all in. He went all the fuck in. He had those fans completely trained. And, um, you know, great fucking heel work. And uh, he bled crazy out there. And, like I said, what Gage put out on his side of the match, to me, wasn't anything special. That wasn't like Gage putting on a dope match. Everybody that has something to say about that match, they'll tell you it's a good match, it's it's a great match, whatever you want to say. But more than anything, they're going to point out Zack Ryder's performance, you know, and I know that's because he doesn't normally do that and this and that. But like it wasn't it wasn't Gage having like a great fucking match. It was Ryder making it a great match. So. um, But, yeah, he took the title from shit. So. uh, You know, I hope that 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 does lead to Nick having some time off and doing the right thing. But. Doubtful in the, in the company he stays in. Doubtful. Um, GCW versus Dave Meltzer. Yeah, that's cornball shit. That's just, uh, you know, uh, he accused GCW of having plants. And then GCW made like a fucking shirt about him saying that they had plants with the picture of the crowd. And it just cornball shit. I don't give a fuck. Um, do you think Moxley will now happen in AEW instead of GCW? Um, maybe. I, I I mean, they were putting Gage over pretty big, you know, in the commentary. And they talked about him in a way. It's it's funny when they bring in someone from the outside and they speak so highly of him. And then they just, like, go back to not booking him as soon as the show's over. You know, like, they had, like, a whole shitload of offense, you know, for Gage versus Jericho. So it wasn't like, oh, Gage got squashed by Jericho on TV. You know, they're doing competitive matches and they really build how dangerous he was. And they don't stop fucking advertising that he robbed a bank. You know, that's uh, it's not really part of the angle. But I mean, I guess if you embrace that shit and just be like, yeah, tell everybody I robbed a bank. People love hearing that shit. It's wild. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I think it's a draw in GCW. I don't think it's a draw in AEW. But I don't know who that matters to. Like, it, does that matter? Mean, does that matter more to Moxley to have that match in AEW? 
you know, because if that's the case, then yeah, it'll be AEW. Uh, what do I think the work relationship is with AEW and GCW? I have no idea. I mean, Brett knows how to weasel his way in with people, and then he usually fucks them. But um, you know, we'll find out. I don't think he's gonna be able to fuck somebody as wealthy as Tony Khan and that crew. I think they'll throw his ass out of any kind of working relationship immediately if they get bad vibes. But I don't know. Um, BJW champ and thoughts on his current image ring work. That's that uh, Drew Parker. dude. I don't know, man. I don't know shit about it, but if he's good enough to prove himself to the Japanese, you know, and, and be their champion, then... I, I guarantee you he's put in work. Um, I just don't watch enough of any of it to really care, you know. Um, Space Jam. I'm glad Shaheen reminded me of this because I, I wouldn't have remembered this shit. And I watched it and I wanted to talk about it. So I'll tell you this. I don't think it was a great movie, but I don't think it had shit to do with LeBron. Um, I think the plot was absolutely stupid. This whole crazy in-depth plot of algae rhythm bringing the bringing them into this other world in order to it's just ridiculous like you just got to splash fucking cartoons into reality or splash the you know the reality guy into the cartoons like it ain't shit like you know they did it in the first space jam they just kind of boom here we off and running just get it let's go too much of a drawn-out fucking storyline for a movie that was a space jam. It was a cartoons and, and humans and way too fucking complex. You wasted way too much fucking time on that movie to do that shit. Had some great, you know, parts in it, like the uh, when they were doing, like, the movie shit where, dude, like, uh, Granny was in the Matrix and they went through a bunch of little movies using the Looney Tune characters. That type of shit was cool where they did this quick little vignettes. That was cool. I thought those were funny. I got some laughs there. But, like, there was just no reason for, like, all of that in-depth fucking storyline that really didn't go anywhere anyway. It was, I don't know. I just thought the storyline was really fucking weak. Um, But I also saw, you know, tremendous hate on this movie before it even fucking came out because LeBron, everybody's got to hate LeBron. And that, that shit just comes off as pathetic at this point. You know what I mean? Bron's just a couple titles away from being the basketball Tom Brady. You know? Uh, his numbers are crazy. And if you could go a couple more years doing what he does, like... And, you know, they just put together a dope-ass team. And, you know, he didn't create super teams. Stop with all that shit. You know what I mean? I was a huge Laker fan with Shaq and Kobe. You think they went and got Shaq? And then fucking... Uh, Ron Harper and I mean, you know, they, they they had a squad there too. They stacked a bunch. Of, at one point, the fucking Lakers went and got Gary Payton and Carl Malone. Fucking kind of shit is that? It's like dream team shit. You imagine like those fucking teams were like over here, the Jazz are, are the shit because of Carl Malone and Stockton. Over here, the Sonics got a shot because of Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. I'm just gonna take Gary Payton from over here. And, Fucking and uh, Carl Malone from over there, and just throw him with Shaq and Kobe. What the fuck? 
but you're going to get mad at LeBron because he chose to join with two other cats. Like, Kevin Durant went to a fucking team that just won the fucking championship the year before. Motherfuckers aren't nearly as mad at Durant. And then he left there to go to a super team in fucking... In Jersey, New York, Brooklyn. Um, fucking crazy. They ain't mad at Durant like that. You know? It's just bananas. And, like, uh, this team he won with in Cleveland, that wasn't any pile-on team. You know? I mean, again, like, you go back and forth with this Jordan shit, but, like, remind me how many teams Jordan won with. You know? Because I, I just keep hearing how superior he is. So, but when he went to the Wizards, he won there too, right? Didn't he win when he went to the... Oh, he didn't? That's weird. But, I mean, he left and went to baseball. He must have won all that shit, right? Oh, not, that, not so good. That was really bad? Oh, okay. All right, then. I mean, no taking... Yo, Jordan was a fucking monster. No, no question about it. But you are not going to take a, a guy like LeBron and go from like, yo, his numbers are fucking crazy... He's been dominant in the league for as long as he's been dominant in the league. He's an upstanding citizen. He's been with the same woman for all this time. He takes care of his kids. Like he he doesn't get in any off the court fucking trouble. Maybe you like you don't like his political opinion on some shit, but like you you gotta hate this guy with every fiber of your fucking being because what? Because of fucking what? Oh, the TV special where he announced where he was going because it was it was a very heavily covered subject anyway like it was the top headline in, in any sports center you would watch like where is lebron gonna go where is lebron gonna go he's like dude i'm gonna here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna announce it on a special how dare this fucking guy have a special well dude you don't you're not paying attention as the biggest fucking news story like how many other things that are big news stories wind up getting like a, a little special on it like or it, it happens it definitely happens and then the money that came in off of that, he donated to charity. What a motherfucker. What a motherfucker, man. He wanted to get all that fucking money to donate to charity, you cocksucking mother. Oh, to Miami, huh? Fucking Miami. Charity? Fuck you. And, and like, people are still on that shit. Like, you're going to do a special? How many years ago was that first off? And, like, why are you mad? Like, tell me specifically. Because I think, like, if he said whatever the fuck fill in the blank of your team's name there you wouldn't be you personally wouldn't be mad at lebron if you're a knicks fan you hate lebron ever since that fucking decision and this and that and at that moment he said i'm gonna take my talents to madison square garden knicks fans would never be mad at lebron if fucking and then he went in there and he tried to fucking recruit some players to fucking win because he wanted to win. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't anybody want that shit? People get mad. Oh, LeBron's got to have all the players. What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, one minute like he doesn't have enough wins for your liking because he's lost championships, and then on the other side of things, he has all the players and he can't he can't not win except for like member. The ones that he didn't win. Um, it, it's just, it's gotten so fucking annoying with the LeBron thing. Um, but yeah, the movie just, it, they, they went in too hard with the fucking plot for some something that just needed to be fun. That's all it needed to be was fun. The algae rhythm. This shit is corny. Stop that shit. Um, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, AEW. That's wild, man. Like, I heard that shit. And I was like, 
wow, they are really making waves. At this point, I mean, Bray Wyatt was released. Like, how, how was that even a fucking thing? So if they get Bray Wyatt in there and they got CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and, and fucking, you know, the squad that they already have in AEW, man, that talent pool's looking crazy. It's not looking India-ish anymore. That's for fucking sure. If you're putting those players in there. And then you're adding like Kingston and, and Moxley and, you know, these motherfuckers that, you know, like, you, you want to see these cats in matches. You want to see these guys in, in matches with these top caliber WWE guys. And, and they're all just, like, coming over. It's crazy. Definitely draws attention. Um, LOX versus Dipset. Locks and Dip. Uh, I don't like Dipset. I, I don't. I'm not a Dipset guy. So, right off the bat, like, I saw this is like, crazy lopsided because the locks are lyricists the dip set dip set is like anthem making like catchy tune um like you know bangers they put out those you know those those catchy bangers that's what they put out but it's not like yo those lyrics are crazy like it's it's really not you know but uh cameron i've always liked I never really like Jim Jones or Jewels or any of that shit. Um, they've they've got some songs I like, you know. But again, they're they're catchy bangers. They're not, you know. What I mean, some shit that I go like, yo, that's that shit right there. Like, eh, I'm alright with it. Um, but the locks, man, locks been nice. And here's my here's my uh, my breakdown here too. Cameron, Cameron's got a laid back flow, so. Even though, like, I think Cameron's nice, his flow doesn't come at you, like, aggressive, like, he's trying to spit bars. Like, he's got a more laid-back flow. Um, back in the day when he came up with um, Big L and Mace and the Children of the Corn shit, Big L was the, the, the fucking MC, you know? And at the time, Cam was rhyming a lot faster, too. He wasn't Big L. But I think that's where the split became because he wasn't going to outdo Big L on the mic. But he could find his own lane and lay back with that flow a little bit. And he found a, a good avenue for himself and he carved out a great career for what he did. Mace kind of fell back, too, because when Mace went in with with Puff, then he was just like sing and dance guy you know what i mean he was just like have a good time dance with diddy shit um did some rapping and shit but it wasn't murder mace anymore and um big l i think he was just so strong as a lyricist that those cats had to go like all right let me go over there and find a better role than trying to be like lyricist lyricist with this cat because He's going to outshine me. So I'm either going to find a lane that really works for me to make this money and, and launch my career. Because if I try to just stay neck and neck with this cat, he's he's lapping like Big L is crazy. And I think when it came to the locks, now the locks was already a group. Remember, Dipset's not really a group. I mean, it, it's it's Cameron. It's 
Jim Jones, they come together and do songs and shit, but just like Griselda, like, yeah, they come together as a group and all that, but Conway's a solo artist, Benny's a solo artist, uh, you know, like, these, these are solo artists that come together to do albums and shit. The Locks are a fucking group. And sure, they've done solo projects, but they're a group. So their whole shit was already kind of like staying in pace with the other one. So their lyrics, to me, had to stay competitive, had to stay up and going. So they came in, but when they came in with Puff and them, they were still shot out of a cannon because they were already in, in that competitive type rhyming where, you know, Styles got this verse. Jada's got this verse, she got this verse, and it's all got to fit together. You can't have one whack-ass verse on there, or it's going to be like, the song's all lopsided and shitty sounding, you know, when the shit starts out good, and then people start turning the volume down towards the end of the song, that type of shit. So, you know, you couldn't have that, so those cats were already ready to compete. I think when Mace came, he was ready to just, like, step back to another role anyway. He wasn't going to, like, stay at that up-competitive shit with the locks and Biggie. You know, because most of the cats got shelved and Craig Mack mostly got shelved and was like yelling on his fucking records that they're jocking his style. <laughs> like the motherfuckers got put to the back. You know, Biggie was going to be the star. Locks was going to be the group. And they, they stayed on their shit. You know, and Mace was, you know, he, he was going to do what he was going to do. But that shit. Shit only had so much life because he was just catchy pop song rapper at that point. Um, but yeah, I think that, that kept the locks as competitive with the, with the rhymes and just more vicious with those bars. Cause they, they had somebody else right there trying to do a thing, trying to do the same, same type of shit, same beats, same everything, because it was all, you know, collaborative effort. Um, Jada, I think over the years has been so fucking criminally overrated. And this is me saying this. While also saying I'm a big Jadakiss fan. I like Jadakiss a lot. I think he's underperformed his whole fucking career. I, I think his albums, his solo albums have not been dope. I don't think he's got a, a classic solo album. I, I, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong and, and hit me with like four or five tracks off of that album that are unstoppable. Because that's how it's got to be a classic album is like four or five joints off of, off of that one album that's just unfucking deniable that to me is a classic if it don't have that you can't you can't go there with it um because you know just saying oh i like that one song on that that's not saying that's a whole fucking album and you're pulling a song and that's cool but that ain't that ain't enough to float that guy saying oh he's he's top five dead or alive and it's funny because jada said that shit on a, on a fucking track and people actually bought into it I'll give him credit for that shit, too, because he said top five dead or alive. And that's just off one LP. And like motherfuckers are legitimately putting him in like top five dead or alive. And it's like, you know how many people that you're putting Jada over? And I know he could rhyme. I know he could do it. But again, look at these fucking albums. There's people to say Jada's the greatest of all time. Like you're putting Jada kiss over Jay-Z's entire fucking catalog. You look at Jay-Z's catalog from start to finish and go, nah, I got Jadakiss on this. I, bro, I don't know how to fucking communicate with you. I just don't because there's too much there. Too much, too much classic shit 
and album after album that just kept fucking delivering that type of shit. A Busta Rhymes who has stayed fucking undeniable through all this shit. And maybe you don't like his shit in that that top top category because he made more of those bangers like i kind of said about dipset but busted he found that niche and i think he hit it way better but he can rap you know he can he can hit you with that fast shit and really throw some shit at you so i, I don't think it's quite the same thing but some people don't like busted because it's more it's not like a heartfelt track or a story he's telling you but he's just coming at you with that head bob shit with that fucking Nod your fucking head, you know, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, when you look at lyrics like that and, and like the, again, you, you watch the verses 90%. I know it was locks versus Dipset, but they pulled out a lot of solo shit too, or, or, or verses where this guy just had a verse on a track, just got, but, and Jade is shine, but. That was because those fucking verses were tight back then and they're tight now. Those verses were locks verses. The majority of those were locks verses. So when he broke on his fucking own, those weren't the dopest verses in the world where, where he's he's putting them all over that verses. You got like the kiss of death, which that was um that was a Jada kiss. But that that song wasn't unstoppable. It was alright. The kiss of death. You know, I mean some of these hooks were like, they're alright. But that wasn't Jadakus's best shit. And I was always waiting for that. I was always waiting for his best shit. I wanted to hear the Jadakus that was on the locks hit a whole fucking album, three verses all Jada. Because you would look forward to a lot of Jada verses on the lock shit because you knew he was going to bring it. But then when it was just him, you didn't have to wait for him, but you had to wait for the same flow and just didn't show up most of the time. To me, it was like half-speed Jada. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's because Jada thrives off competition. When he's going with the locks, he's got to bounce off this guy. He's got to come better than this cat. Because it's going, you know, there, there's something to, there's a bar. And you got to rate, you know, you got to live up to that bar. So I don't know, but, um, I, you know, Sheik is, is crazy underrated and Jade is crazy overrated. That That's how I feel about it. And I feel, yeah, he came with those fucking bars, but that's because those bars were legit back then. And they still are. And I mean, all credit to him for, for laying those bars and still being on his fucking game enough to go out there and rhyme them because you saw what happened with some of these motherfuckers. I mean, Dipset's whole shit were lip syncing. Their whole shit was just lip syncing over the track playing. And and the locks were calling them out the whole time on it. And they never said once, just, hey, put the fucking beat on. We got this. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We heard you. But that's that was the whole plan today. DMX went on there, like, barely fucking coherent. And then he died. But, you know, but that's why if it's going to be bars, it's going to be bars. And that's it. You know, like. The, the locks already had that shit. So. I, I wish fucking Sean P was still around, man. Like, if he was still alive, I think one of my, my uh, dream battles on that shit would be um, Hell to Skelter versus Mob Deep. Because I love both groups. Uh, Mob Deep has way more classics. Way, way more classics. 
but I think lyrically, fucking Hell's a Skelter would shred him. Absolutely. Because the same reason with the Jada thing is because when you actually got them on stage and they were laying the fucking bars that were on those songs back then, and, you know, even Sean's more recent shit, like, that shit was intricate. And, you know, I saw somebody, uh, Fat Joe was talking to um, Jada. I, I just saw on Instagram earlier today. And they were talking about Papoose. And they were both putting over Papoose saying how he's just incredible. And um, they were saying, yo, when he gets on in that car, that's when, like, yo, like, he fucking rips when he gets to riding out in that fucking car and he starts rhyming. And it's funny because, yeah, like, a lot of times that does grab you. But, you know, he's been putting out these albums every single month for the whole year and those verses that he's he's putting down in a car like that he they're on the album too but you see how like the one thing that stands out is just hearing those same lyrics in a different context so again i think when you go um you know put clans posse's cruising clicks from the nocturnal album perform live with mob deep doing shook ones you're gonna be like oh shit because shook ones is like just a unrelenting fucking hard rock beat with just the just fucking hard lyrics you know what i mean but like the intricacy of the shit that that they were doing it would help the skelter and their back and forths on their shit and the, the wordplay and the, the punch lines and all that shit like this shit would be crazy. And I think it would wake up a lot of fucking people to these cats. And I think they should do a lot more of these that are even like not as big rappers, not quite like, you know, just the battle rap level guys, but like guys that haven't really been heard of as much or even guys like a Papoose that like such fucking talent, but so slept on. But then if you see this, this dude do the shit live the way he could do it people are gonna hear that and be like oh shit like i can't believe the way that this fucking guy just came off so you know i i like these versus things and i think it's cool to you know kind of re reevaluate this whole shit and just see it as it's represented to you 10 20 years later but uh yeah they killed it and jada for sure you know, star the show over there. And uh, I like the way they built up, like, heat. Like, they really hated each other. But then, like, they're going on tour after this shit. Um, as always, I could do it without ne even knowing that part. You know? Like, just keep the heat going and shit. <laughs> you should do the whole tour where you're, like, fighting on stage. Nah, there would be riots and shit in cities. But, but yeah. Nah, it, it's, uh, yeah, it, that's, that's not a bad tour, you know? And I got state property. So, yeah. Um, Drake's starting a podcast. That's, yeah. I, I can't wait to hear five minutes of that and then never again. Um, are we going back into lockdown? I don't think so. I don't think uh, they can get that done with uh, vaccines and stuff. I don't think we'll need to. But, I mean, shit might tighten up a little bit more again, and I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with mask mandates and shit like that. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Like, 
I only stopped wearing a mask in like Walmarts and shit because I ain't trying to be stared at by the entire fucking store that's not doing the same shit I am. I don't need to follow a group or anything like that, but I'm not going to be the one outcast in the fucking store walking around with a mask on. Because, you know, I not every day is awesome. You know, you, you leave work, you know, maybe you have a bad day, you go to the fucking store, and then you have people looking at you like you're your shithead. And you know, now you're ready to grab throats, and you just needed fucking, you know, sparkling water and shit. <laughs> He's like, I'll leave this bitch with a felony, and I, I just wanted sparkling water. So, I'm... <laughs> Like I said, mask mandates, you know, I'd have no problem with that. I always have my mask, like, on me anyway, because I, you know, I wear it at work um, when I'm dealing with customers and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, so it is what it is. And if they need to tighten some shit up because the variant takes off or something, I guess we'll deal with that as we go. Um, Ian Rotten, King of the Death Matches, that's, that's crazy as fuck. This dude lost the toe, could barely fucking see, and he climbed his fat ass back in the ring to go fucking do king of the death match. And, and again, like, look, man, I, I fucking, I backed you when it came to fucking taking Kid out of the tournament because, you know, take fucking Kid out of the tournament because he, he made you look bad, and rumor had it that the dude was going to go to the finals. So if that was his plan and, and he just jobbed out to AJ Gray in 15 seconds or whatever the fuck he did, then I could see Ian being like, you know what, dude? My finals push doesn't look so fucking good anymore because you fucked it up. So I'm on board with you with that. But now you're going to tell me a nine-toed, mostly blind, morbidly obese promoter is going to go and fucking jump back in the ring. Mm, no thanks. Um, Sadika versus John Wayne Murdoch in a rematch. Can't wait. Um... Danny DeMano, yeah, I talked about him already. He's 38 years old. That's great. I hope I look so good when I'm 38. <laughs> uh, Onita versus Tremont. Teaser. Um, yeah, they're doing that again. It's just, I don't care. Tell it to Captain Dave. But yeah, uh, check out my man Eric over there. At uh, Time's almost up. We could start watching those losses roll in podcast. And um, what else do I got? I think I got everybody. Uh, go go tell Sozio to do some more fucking podcasts. Tell, tell him that. You know what I mean? And I'll plug it because he did it. I'm not going to plug it when he doesn't do it because then when he finally does them, he, he comes at me for plugging his shit when he stopped doing them. It's not my fault he stopped doing them. But go tell Sozio to do the podcast. Uh, I'll talk to you motherfuckers next week. Check out some Sean Price. As always, peace. Yo, I flow great, flow great. I hold weight, hold weight. Spit hot shit, need cocaine. Yo, teeth kinda yellow, don't floss between meals. Top of watch and the whip and floss between deals. Yo, I'm six foot one, you all notice them. Shot my first nigga two blocks from Paul Robeson. All over, son, you know my team, we all towed a gun. If a nigga sound like me, give the mic, cause I wrote it, son. Don't ask me shit about Paul, but don't roll with him. Just admit, fuck too much, ain't no control of them. God cipher. Divine rhyme shine like linoleum I'm nope them niggas can catch the lines And throw with them, yo I'm updated, dude, state of the art Motherfuckers frustrated and I'm taking your heart Day is the start, jump up I tell you apart, fuck shit and bricks My nigga, my day is the fart Yo Fuck music
Little Rock, El Roy. Please don't bury my soul. Overall, I'm not with the swine dining and clock at divine lining. Watch what you say or get popped and your spine rhyming. Go toe to toe and get popped and your mind dying. And I go copper watch it and pop it with fine diamonds. Go put my cock on top of your dime grinding. No, not the box with rock, you die crying. Go to the spot, but the cops be like iron. Damn, go get knocked for the crops and diamond lineman. Yo, I don't talk about the coke I got. Most of the coke that I got came from folks I shot. I don't give a fuck if you blood or you localized. Fuck with me, you had to have an open top. I go to the Vatican with the most potent rocks. The most Colombian shit off the boat and blocks. Tell my man Illinois, I'm in tote the Glock. While I give out samples, hope the Pope a cop. Yo, why Baba Boo Bob? Why Bamboo? Boom. Cops got a few blocks and popped on the dude. Put your lighters up. Lighter yeah. than the air. When you bury Cap one. Roll. Rap gun bark in the chrome. Whole Glock globe try like metal lock in the zone. I ain't trying to be the king, give me part of the throne. Split the shit between Sean Price, Carter, and Combs. Oh, you dumbass niggas know I'm smart with the poems. Call your crib, you ain't shit, dude. Fart on the phone. Send my man in jail some money for a card in the bones. Next time hit off your seat, cause he's starving at home. Pardon me, homes. Watch what you say, I don't play that. Bring the war away, that nigga shit shaving, they bad. Weak on the street, but when you deep, you act great. Black, fuck you and your dogs, you ain't ready for the straight cat. I'm the nicest rapper, niggas asking why you say that. I can back it up, slap you up with the great gat. Flip words faster, I'm the fat patch, say Jack. Fan the white man, I'm hype, dude. Can you say that? Listen, yo. Like, Please don't fail.